Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for making time to be present with us today. I am so thrilled to have Rob Diggins. Rob Diggins is a versatile performance artist and a devotional musician. He tours the world performing, recording, and teaching sacred music from across the universe, from the Skywater Kirtan Band to the Yes Academies in Kurdistan and Lebanon. Rob embodies his love for music both home and abroad. Thank you so much, Rob, for being here. I am excited to hear about your wisdom of music, your mindfulness, the compassionate listening that you speak of, and I'm very excited to hear about the Himalayan yoga tradition that you're going to share with us today. I also heard that you might be surprising us with a little bit of music. Thank you. Thank you, Pepper. I'm glad to be here. So before we begin, I have to ask, the moment you walked in, I noticed you have a little sheriff badge. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? What is that? Yeah. Is it it's, a sheriff uh, badge? Yeah. This is actually a, a volunteer uh, pin that you're okay. given if you volunteer in the uh, correctional facility, I guess. Oh, wonderful. So, so yeah. you do that as well? I do, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're, you're an amazing man. I don't think we'll have enough time to go into everything in just an hour, but I'm excited to get started. So... Let's begin with your history, like what brought you to the Humboldt area, and then we'll dive into everything that you're doing here. But I want to get a little background on you first. Yeah, nice. Well, you know, back in the day when dinosaurs walked the earth, (laughs) I was going to uh, nuclear power protests down in Southern California, like San Onofre. The environmental movement was really underway, and I was pretty young, and I got really fired up, and I would listen to speakers And I would get inspired, and I also felt the power and the energy of the masses. Uh, But there was a little voice inside of me that was asking me if I really understood what the points were being made, you know, the point of views. And when it came to nuclear power, I have to say I knew very little about the difference between fusion and fission power, for example. I knew that this was not a good thing because wise people were saying, don't build a nuclear power plant on an earthquake fault. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew that part of it. But anyways, I was a musician at that point. And so I felt that my 
calling was pretty much as a musician. I kept asking myself, what is this for? Uh, what am I doing with this? And I got to play music at a protest there. Some of you may know Jackson Brown has been very much involved in these kinds of awareness events, you know, raising awareness and building coalitions. So uh, I liked that. And yeah. uh, I wasn't getting enough of it. Uh, so there was that in the back of my mind. And then there was the fact that I could educate myself about the issues that were being spoken about. And then I could act intelligently and not just through emotional mass appeal. So I looked for an oceanography program. And Humboldt State has a very nice oceanography program. So uh, that's what I did was I came up here oh, to wow. save the world. That was my, that's what my mantra was, I'm going to save the world. I'm going to study oceanography. It seems that that's a common theme for people who come to Humboldt. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. There's a lot of us personally. here. Personally, yeah, There's yeah. There's a lot of us here, yeah. As we're banding together. Yeah. So tell me about after that, after you yeah. did that. Fortunately and unfortunately, there were some personal events in my life uh, with my father uh, passing on. And uh, so as a young man, I no longer had his guidance. Uh, that was right in the middle of my first couple of years of schooling. And um, coming here to Humboldt, I once again got involved in the music community. And it was interesting. There were some elders in that community who really warmed up to me, kind of took me under their wing. And one day up in Trinidad, that lovely spot I by love the ocean. I in Trinidad. <laughs> a power spot for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, monumental changes for me have happened because of living in Trinidad. And this was one of them. Um, these two gentlemen, elderly folks, sat me down one day and said, what are you doing? And I explained and they said, wait a minute. You have to leave that to someone else because you have a gift as a musician and you've been given special training which I was as a youth and you basically owe it to society and to all of your mentors to simply channel that and give that back and I was so thrilled mm. to hear that piece of news because you know it was it's the easiest thing for me to do is to play music you know I've been doing it all my life so that was you know very confirming it was like yes okay it's okay you know basically I was being said I was being let, let off the hook. And I'd learned quite a lot. I'd, you know, I'd definitely got some good uh, scientific study under my belt. I don't think I could explain to you the difference between fusion and fission. <laughs> That's <laughs> <But> okay. <laughs> fortunately, you know, we're moving into another era where we, we really had significant developments in other ways to harness energy directly yeah. from the sun without making our environment horribly toxic and dangerous you know strange yeah. all these years later we still have that before us but there we are so what is it that you're doing in our community now with that passion of music so share with the listeners who may not know of what you're doing all right well you know through the years um, I developed my skills as a musician and uh, connected with an international assemblage of colleagues and fellow musicians and interestingly the power of music has really come to the fore um, so recently and uh, currently I'm participating in an international program called yes 
Academies, and that stands for Youth Excellence on Stage. Wow. And um, this is run through the State Department. And so it's a musical ambassadorship. And uh, I guess over the years, I began to understand more and more about the many musicians uh, throughout time who have served as essentially cultural ambassadors and uh, paved the way for better understandings. Always celebrating unity through diversity. So we have so many different musical cultures as we do cultures of the world. And yet underneath that is a unification, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's important not to oversimplify or to make light of significant differences between us. And yet, in spite of those differences, I still feel we have more similarities than those differences. And so I guess um, I get to travel the world and participate with young people mostly. And uh, oftentimes we don't speak the same language, although we speak the musical language. And so that's uh, a way for us to connect and learn about one another. And then I get to bring that back because I'm not always traveling. This is my home, and it has been. I live up on the uh, Little River watershed for really quite some time now, and um, I love that as my home. As I travel the world, I love to come back to that area and uh, bring back these stories, these descriptions, and now with the World Wide Web, actual connections. You know, you make the connection in person, and then there's pros and cons to the web, but that's definitely one of the pros is the ability to stay connected. That sounds absolutely fascinating. It's exciting to me that you traveled the world because, you know, of course, that's a big dream of mine as well. And if you have a quick little story, tell me one of the most exciting places that you've been or most touching moments, and I'm sure there are floods of them, but one that you might want to share with me and the listeners. Yeah, well, I guess that would be uh, last year, in fact, in the city of Erbil, which is in Kurdistan. And Erbil is 100 kilometers from Mosul. And uh, of course, Mosul was a city that was under siege by ISIS, the radical Islamist fundamentalist group. And so I arrived with the team of teachers with the Yes Academy three days after the city of Mosul had been liberated. And so there was a band of four young men all from Mosul who came to the academy. And these were Kurdish men. And to hear their stories of what it was like to live under this type of very narrow orthodoxy was intense and, uh, and beautiful. For example, the power of music here, one of the gentlemen, in spite of the risk to his family and to him personally and his life, he was forbidden under ISIS to create any music to play any music, to write any poetry, to have any kind of artistic expression. And he decided at the beginning of their reign that he was simply going to get on his roof every night and stream live a new musical piece every (gasps) night. And he said he would just believe in the power of music. He would say, if I survive this, then, then I know that this is real. This is a real power. So for him to tell this story in person 
was incredibly moving and and I loved hearing that story. I loved the faith and really, you know, this was a guy whose guitar was buried in his family's garden for two years under the soil of the garden, you know, rather than have it taken away. Yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing. I when I asked that question I had no idea. It sounds a lot like music is obviously this creative force that drives comes right through you and then you're connected to other people who have that same passion and as a teacher it sounds like you're being able to really activate that within people that's a beautiful thing that you're doing and I'm sure it's extremely rewarding so I give you a lot of props for that my question I have for you and it's been coming through a lot I do kundalini yoga which is a lot of mantra, and my spiritual name is Jop, which is repeating mantra. So I try to do a couple hours a day, and some just sunya would like really vibrating all my cells, and some I'm actually chanting. What do you think in that realm, but also for the listener who may not know that realm, what do you think of music as sound currency and frequency of vibration? Can you speak to that in any way? Sure. Uh... First of all, it's lovely to hear about your practice, you. and um, you speak about the power of music as a force, and of course, uh, we think of it as shakti, yes. a maha shakti. So yes, in fact, it is moving through this body-mind, through your body-mind, through everyone's, and it's really a gift, and it animates the material aspect of the inanimate, makes it dance and move, think things, say things. So it's quite a quite an interesting force. And then more particularly, there is the Nada Yoga, which is the yoga of sound and of the unsound sound. The unstruck <laughs> yes. the unstruck sound in its most subtle form. So Japa mantra can lead us to that. So then speaking on a real practical note from the standpoint of the power of music and the power of frequency, uh, I got to participate in a wonderful summit called a, a string summit over near Mount Shasta. Yes. Yeah. yeah, An, yeah. Another very special uh, power spot for mm-hmm. sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And so at this string summit, uh, intense group of musicians playing music all day long, studying with one another and cooking for one another and just really beautiful experience. The subject of frequency came up and one of the participants was mentioning that in the standard pitch standards, just like there's the standard length to a meter, a meter stick or to a yard or to, you know, certain temperature, you know, Fahrenheit is this so many degrees Celsius, you know all of these correlations and whatnot. In music, the standard reference pitch is known as the pitch A equal to 440 cycles per second, or 440 hertz. So this has been established since approximately the French, after the French Revolution, when many sciences were kind of standardized and came up with like international standards. And before that, pitch was unique to different cities. 
so that in South Europe, in Rome, it was one thing. In Venice, it was another. In Northern Germany, it was yet another. And musicians would simply move from one place to the other and adjust themselves. And it was very organic in that sense. That's so neat. And then after the French Revolution, suddenly it's like this is the standard. So it was brought to everyone's attention that all of the digital appliances, such as washing machines, cars, anything that uses a little tone-generated signaling device is based on this pitch standard of A equal to 440. And they were pointing out that there's a fundamental frequency in our universe and in our galaxy, not of 440, but of 432. Yes. 432. So 432 cycles per second. And uh, interesting side note, of course, is that those numbers add up to nine. And if you doubled the frequency, you would get, again, 864. And again, those numbers add up to nine. And uh, if you halved it, same thing. So it brings about this um, beautiful symmetry in numbers. And uh, so it was proposed that one day at this summit that we would all retune our instruments and everything to 432. And this is where I thought it was really interesting to listen to everyone's response to that. Oh, wow. Um, and we had like a special room. It was, it was kind of ritualistic. Yeah. And we had a tuning device in there and everyone would, you know, in the morning go in there and retune their instruments and then spend the day, you know, at this other pitch. And 432 really isn't that much different than 440. But it's enough that it really produced a lot of discomfort for people. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was like, like as if people have subtle but invisible furniture in their minefield based around A440. Really? And, and A432 is like out of phase, almost like, like as if you suddenly stepped into the shadow haze world, you know, like suddenly you know, I wear glasses. And so I can relate it to looking out through part of the lens that my vision suddenly is blurred and I'll do weird things like trip or, you know, not see something. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's really interesting that the initial response to this is, again, an example of the power of music. Mm -hmm, Just absolutely. one note adjusted to another frequency that's suddenly wild. is bringing up issues. Isn't that wild? <laughs> it is really it's interesting. So, yeah. Sound frequency, um, just vibrational frequency that we hold within ourselves through affirmations or mantras <clears throat> or positivity or negativity. I mean, Dr. Emoto did all those studies. I kind of geek out on this type of thing. And normally I suggest to my patients, I give them all homework assignments because I was a teacher for a really long time, a science mathematics teacher before going into the health, holistic health field that I am in now. But what I do is I suggest to patients to go home and do 30 days of a practice of Hertz frequencies. And so through my own practicing, I've worked with, and, and I want you to you know chat with me about this, I work with um, the five, I think it's the 528, let me look, let me double check that. Yeah, it's the 528 that repairs cells in the body. 
And so I usually suggest to patients to do 30 days of listening to a few hours at night and then to gain increasingly up to like eight hours of nights of sleep. When I do that for myself, it's a game changer. I can definitely feel the difference in that. And now, you know, there are, I'll kind of tune into some other frequencies as well. This is all sound therapy. I can tune into, I think it's the 852 that works with, um, reversing anxiety and stress. And there's all sorts of different ones. And so I really geek out on that. And so tell me about what you think about that. Yeah. I think uh, there's power in it. There is definitely. And this vritti, as in Sanskrit, um, a wave, a fluctuation, essentially a vibration. Vritti, V-R-T-T-I. This is the movement is reality. So the partials and overtone series along any fundamental waveform are always there. We may not feel them or may not be aware of them or sometimes we do or, you know, if we're a musician, we're thinking along those lines. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking as you're speaking there um, about uh, coherent breathing and this latest healing modality of using a heart rate variability monitor to very precisely look at the uh, low ultra low frequency waves that are in your heart rate the medium frequency and ultra high frequency i think there's like four different levels of waveforms which are traveling through your heart rate variability and um I don't know how much your listeners would know about this. Um, We've talked about it a little bit before with a biohacking person. Excellent. And okay. I yeah. geek out on it. I have one of the heart math yeah, things, excellent. and yeah. I do that. So heart math, yeah, I, I think that's a great um, um, protocol. And it's amazing what can be utilized just through a simple heart rate monitor that's able to pick up those frequencies, which, you know, when you look at, the standard sort of sine wave of a heart rate, you don't see the minute waveforms that actually are making up the larger waveform. And so, you know, it's neat. I think it's exciting. And um, so I'm curious, like, I don't know so much about the particular frequencies um, that you mentioned per se, although I found myself thinking as you were speaking about that, that in the practice of music, uh, one of the things you often do are long tones, I see. either singing or uh, playing a stringed instrument. It's a little more difficult if you're playing a plucked instrument because sure, you, you yeah. pluck it and that's that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but with a bow, like for example, yeah. a violin bow, you, you, you can play pretty much an endless tone. And you work, you work for uh, smoothing out the fluctuations in that. And the same thing when you sing long tones, you work towards smoothness of the flow of your diaphragm and you work at different pitches. So I think that's that's part of the beauty of the age-old practices that before, say, modern biofeedback equipment that could specify exactly what frequency this or that is, that the pitch was there. You know, mm-hmm. like in other words, it's it's yeah. there, but what we call it, you know. Right. Our technology has gotten better and better. 
We live in a really amazing time. We Science do. Science meeting spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's catching yeah. up. It's, it's very fun. Um, so you mentioned something about instruments, and, and do you mind giving us a quick list of the different things that you are skilled at? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> violin, you know, is my primary okay. instrument. Yeah. And uh, I would say after that, my voice and um, the guitar and other types of plucked instruments, I think... Very once nice. once you play the violin, uh, you you find that it's relatively easy, um, and I uh, say that with a uh, you know with a qualifier, relatively easy uh, to pick up the other stringed instruments. So is it um, because it's so difficult that everything else just seems easy? <laughs> ah yes, uh, uh, you know that's what the violin players tend to say. Oh, okay, okay. But but going back through time, actually, there was a book written in seventeen or oh, no sixteen twenty seven. Uh, by Michael Praetorius, and it's an attempt to describe all of the known instruments. And so the more exotic instruments have very long descriptions. Uh, and finally, you know, it gets to the violin, and it's a very short description, and basically <laughs> says, well, everyone knows the violin, so I'm not going to tell you much about it, except by the time you learn to play it well, you'll be a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how long have you been playing the violin? Uh, I started when I was four and a half. Oh, then you are by far professional. Okay, because usually they, I think, what is a professional, like 10 years or something? Yeah, like so, the, the yeah, old, you're, uh, yeah. 10,000 hours, you know, 12 years, you yeah, know, three right. hours a day. Wow, yeah. oh my goodness. Well, in a moment, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back for a special treat. But before we do that, I usually ask my guests what their life mantras are. And, and sometimes they change, you know, due to our, you know, what we're going through at our time um, in life or our particular reality. But what is yours that you would like to share with the listeners? Mm, I think uh, relax and let it go. <laughs> let it flow. You know, it's so simple. But so true. Yeah. And I think for some people that that's a harder one to do. We, um, in the words of my teachers, we're not so skilled at unlearning. We spend a lot of time learning things. But the idea of unlearning is just simply not something taught in school. Yeah. And so that's simply speaking to the accumulation of tension you know and we spoke about biological systems so of course there's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system and in especially in today's world there are so many constant stressors or potential stressors so our sympathetic nervous system is getting ramped up and many times the solutions that we choose to relax actually have other side effects which in the end don't serve us so well and you know as we live we kind of discover those things we we learn the pros but maybe we start to get a glimpse into other areas that get you know affected and uh, so I love spending time with my teachers and and having them respond to our issues and having them say things like okay yeah. Okay. Now get over it. <laughs> and it seems, right? it seems I mean, kind that's of really the answer for yeah. a lot of things is not to get stuck into your own ego or your, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. kind of working through that. And yeah. I think for me, meditation, yoga, mantra, 
that's been so helpful. It is, yeah. More helpful than uh, maybe anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, and affirmations, of course, in my processing and my work. But man, just to really get over it. Yeah, let you it know? go. Let, let it, it go. go because the more you process and mm-hmm. you're kind of in that little rut or you're in that pattern, the mm-hmm. more you're creating that in your reality. Yeah. So if the sooner you can let it go, the sooner you can move forward right. and, out of that and create something new from a new place. Mm-hmm. And this, this is not to be apathetic or to have, like, I don't care, that kind of attitude. No, no, no. But, but more that you, you work with your emotional toolkit and yes. you reach out to those around you. You know, there's so many different modalities. And, and uh, keep trying. Absolutely. Keep pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and learning to have faith. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another, that's it too. another big one. Mm-hmm. Those are all good. We, I bet we could just get so much goodness from you if we kept talking. So you mentioned relaxation and that being, you know, it struck my attention whenever you mentioned that because some people, maybe even some of our listeners will go towards particular things of relaxation being alcohol or, you know, maybe unhealthy things, unhealthy thought patterns, or sometimes, you know, um, doing some kind of supplementation in whatever way choosing to rest to get better rest instead of you know breath and meditation what are some rituals or things that you do to rest that would be very beneficial for our listeners to hear that are positive things to Mm -hmm. keep you into that space for yourself or you know personal daily habits that kind of keep you in that place of Mm -hmm. relaxation Mm -hmm. well pepper i i love to remember the words that are as you exit the ashram in India, in Rishikesh, three words, love, serve, remember. And this last one, remember, is very powerful. This remembering that the present is infinitely more potent than the past. That's the words of sage Vashishta. And so remembering to breathe is something I like to remind myself of. Yes. That my healing begins with an exhalation, just simply breathing out. And that's going to clear and make space for the breath to come in. And we, we often... Remember and remind ourselves that the breath is our friend. And regardless of our attitudes, regardless of our gender, of our age, our political affiliations, the breath comes and the breath goes. And we can try to hold the breath in, but sooner or later we have to (laughs) let the breath go. Mm -hmm. And we can try to hold the breath out, but sooner or later... The breath comes until the breath goes. And uh, so with my students, we often point this out, that the difference between this mind-body that's breathing and that one that's a corpse is the breath. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Swami Rama always began, he said, the first practice is also the last practice. Sit up tall, as tall as you can, within your capacity, 
without exceeding your effort. Breathe naturally. You are a wave of beauty and bliss, a child of eternity. Peace, peace, peace. And it's, wow. it's so funny because, yeah. you know, as a student, you're like, well, I'd like to learn an advanced practice. That is the advanced practice. <laughs> that is the advanced practice. Yes, it is. And that is the first and the last practice. And, wow. and, you know, the beauty of that is, you know, for those of us in the meditative tradition is we recognize that that is a single unifying feature of all the meditative traditions. And in fact, the founders of the religions as well, you know, there's like this summit experience of breathing Yes. that it comes down to and um, letting it go and uh, ever, ever opening anew to this moment is this moment this moment and the potential there. Thank you so much. That's just wonderful. I appreciate you taking us through that because I feel like I just went through a little journey there with you. Well, it's about that time in our show to take just a quick little break and give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much and I think that you will as well. Om Shala Yoga in Arcata, California is Humboldt County's premier yoga studio. We offer daily classes in many styles of yoga, as well as sauna, massage, special events, expert teachers, and community. Our classes are appropriate for beginners and all levels of practitioners. Yoga is for everyone. Visit www.omshalayoga.com for our class schedule or for more information. Namaste. Well, that was a wonderful break. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We have a very special little treat, and I am so grateful that you brought this ginormous instrument, but can you tell the listening audience what you brought for us today? And we can also take pictures of you and put them on our Instagram and on all of our feeds so people can see what instrument you brought. But can you explain what this is? Yeah, Pepper, this is a... The instrument called a tampura. That's an Indian instrument from the subcontinent of India. And it's a very old instrument. It's, um, you'll see if you look at the photos online, it's got a very large base to it that's made out of a gourd, like uh, quite a large pumpkin, and then uh, a tall neck part that's hollow made from jackfruit, and then four strings. and. Uh, the name is an interesting name. Tan in the name Tanpura um, is like the tan in the word Tantra. So if you think of fabric or textiles as having threads going one direction and then threads going in the other direction, uh, sometimes that's called the warp and the woof of the fabric. And uh, it goes right down to the very substratum of consciousness, the curved nature of space and whatnot. So tan means tension. So it's like this stretching, this completeness, this expansiveness. And then pura is like the word uh, purnam, which means perfect. Purnam, a Sanskrit word, 
like our word perfect. So perfect is perfect, no blemishes, and uh, sometimes referred to as the remainderless remainder. Uh, and so tanpura means the perfect stretching, the perfect wow. completeness. And it's so named because even though there's four strings and three of them are the same, and then there's one more string that is a fifth, is that because of the way the strings vibrate, they actually produce all of the notes, all of the pitches of a scale. And it's used as a drone instrument in India. And it's interesting to use some kind of uh, contemporary tuning technology, uh, for example, a guitar tuner or any kind of digital instrument tuner. When you try to hold it up to the tampura, it's, it doesn't know what to call it. It just keeps shimmering. It shows all the pitches. Really? And so, so the tampura defies the, the digital tuner to be able to decide what pitch it is. That is so cool. Yeah, it's really, really lovely. So that's tanpura. I'm in love with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, this instrument that I'm playing uh, is actually um, a so-called male instrument. And um, there is a uh, version which is a little smaller that, of course, is given the designation female instrument. And it has more to do with the natural voice range, the male, typical male voice range versus uh, typical female voice range suitably. And this chant is uh, a chant that some of you will probably know. And it has a second part composed by my teacher, Swami Veda. And then the third part is a reference to something known as the golden womb, the Haranya Garbhad, the original source of compassion, wisdom, intelligence, and infinite love. Akanda mandala karam Vyaptam yena chara charam Tadpadam darshitam yehina Tasmai shri gurave namaha 
Speaking of changing frequencies, I'm just like, oh, like from my heart center all the way up through the crown is just swirling. So it took me a moment to breathe to be able to come back to this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you. That was phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. We took a, while you were playing, we took it to another level and buried our face in this ginormous, mm. um, I think it's a phoenix rose. Mm. And so we were just like breathing it mm. and then listening and then just mm. really allowing it to flow through us. So did you enjoy that, Kindle? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It was a sound bath. Yes. Is really what that is. Do you do sound bathing in other places besides right here, right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, it strikes me that uh, my life as a musician has been blessed with playing sacred music of many different cultures, as well as as we say, profane, sacred and profane music. So, I guess from the gamut of the human experience, the human theater. So this quality of sacredness has struck me again and, and again in the most sweetest you know most pleasantest fashion as i as i walk the globe and find myself in different places and it never ceases to reach me at my deepest center how blessed this experience is absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Well, as I bring myself back together after that beautiful music and, and just that, that bathing and that sound and that frequency, and I really feel like it vibrated something right up and out of me. Um, 
tell us a little bit, especially the listeners, where are you doing some of your classes, your yoga, your meditation classes? And also tell me a little bit about the Skywater Band and, and how the community can come and support you and, and just be there bathing in this. All right. Yes. So uh, as far as yoga and mindfulness classes, I uh, visit an adult-assisted living facility here in our area. There's one called Timber Ridge, and uh, I visit there three times a week. And um, this uh, population is uh, oh, in the upper 80s to early 100s. Oh, uh, my Really? I think one of the students... Oh. Just had her 102nd birthday this last March, which is pretty amazing. And so I thought I was teaching them when I first went there many years ago. And I soon realized that really it was the other way around, that uh, they were teaching me. I'm constantly learning more about the practice that I think I'm leading them in. There's so many revelations having to do with practicing yoga from a chair. So that's the kind of yoga we do. It's called in a very simplistic fashion, it's called chair yoga. Uh, But what's interesting to me is it's somehow in doing this, it highlighted the yoga that I have learned in our lineage, that this was a yoga that's practiced by meditators who spend extended sadhana inside a tiny little bricked-in cave or cell to do extended mantra practice or whatever their teachers are giving them to do. And many of these structures are so small, they're not big enough to stand up in. Wow. And so these are practices which have developed over many ages to keep the mind-body healthy while doing this intensive mantra meditation practices Mm -hmm. and it highlights the idea that yoga is about the spine from the tailbone to the crown of the head and that your arms and your legs are pretty much just appendages and you have to keep those healthy and everything but really it's the spine the Mm -hmm. central column that is what you're so it's ideal and it's, it's great to see this population practicing and able to do amazing things. So there's that. And then also in another adult-assisted living facility, uh, the population base there is a place called Silvercrest. And we practice in a Salvation Army chapel there, which is lovely to feel the support of the Salvation yeah. Army as we practice yoga in their chapel. That population is uh, 20 years younger in their 70s. <laughs> and then uh, and then I also go to the correctional facility at the uh, jail, and that's under the auspices of the sheriff's department. And um, again, the inmates there are uh, so grateful and appreciative to learn about the practices. Some of them have practiced before, uh, but for some it's new. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to feel their desire and interest in practicing this age-old mindfulness practice known as yoga. So that's, see, I think that's the yoga practices. And I've mentioned meditation. So that's more of something that I do on an individual basis. 
I do have some clients who suffer from multiple sclerosis and other types of afflictions of that nature. And it's always interesting to do yoga with them. Oh, I imagine and, so, yeah. Uh, and then the mindfulness. We spoke earlier in the podcast about the Yes Academy mm-hmm. in Kurdistan and in Lebanon. And again, for many of the students there, is their first time ever practicing yoga. Really? And uh, only we couldn't call it yoga because mm-hmm. we were practicing at Notre Dame University, which is a Catholic university in Beirut and the administrators were a little concerned that they may be confused about what yoga is or isn't so we just called it mindfulness mm-hmm. and so it was interesting to practice for two weeks with these students and never use the word yoga I imagine <laughs> and, so uh, but yeah. very possible and I'll be going back there again this August and uh, probably see some of those folks again oh that's wonderful and, uh, yeah and then you asked about Skywater. Yes. So Skywater yes. is a uh, kirtan band, and the name comes from the band's leader, Shamaya Skywater, who is a local yogi here and a wonderful musician and bhakta, or devotional musician. And so this takes place uh, once per month uh, at the Om Shala Yoga Studio, really lovely place to for practitioners to come. And um, kirtan, of course, is a chanting of holy names and not necessary to be uh, a Hindu uh, or any other faith to enjoy this. Uh, it's a chance to really let let yourself go and mm-hmm. uh, really let your voice sound out and uh, dance and ecstatic dance. And uh, so we're doing that. And be with conscious community and just a nice place to be, you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's really very, very supportive. And I think uh, if you haven't ever tried kirtan, um, give it a try. And just just open your mind and, you know, just come on down and try it out. And, uh, you know, then you'll know more about what it's about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's hard to... Hard to have an opinion about something until you try it. Okay, at least try it once. I've been and I love it. I absolutely enjoy it. Yeah. So if someone was to, some of our listeners, if they want to get a hold of you or find out more about your offerings, Mm -hmm. do you have a particular outlet, like a website? I mean, obviously we're going to put you on our site, quantumalignment.com, but do you have something personal that they can reach out and look at? Yeah, well, I don't have a website right now. However, I am on Facebook, okay. and I'm also on Instagram, and I can give my uh, email address. Sure, um, if you want. Uh, yeah, I'll just spell it out. It's M as in Michael, O, U, N as in Nancy, I, B as in beautiful, A, Alpha, B, beautiful, A, Alpha, J as in Janet, I, 108 at yahoo.com. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. If a listener wants to reach out, they've got plenty of opportunities to find you. And I appreciate you being in our community, offering all of these things. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. So I really appreciate it. And I personally am going to pop out to Kratan and enjoy some sound bathing now that I know what it's like. That was just a couple minutes. I mean, hours. So Kendall and I, we're, we're going to be the, the next one that we can make. Wonderful. So it's about that time in our show. It's the end of our show. And what we do now is we pull a card from the wisdom healing cards. I feel like we've just gotten saturated with wisdom by you at this point. 
But this is for fun and you're more than welcome to do it in any way that you choose. You can visually look at it. You can energetically scan it. But while you find a card that's suitable for you, that feels good to you, I'm going to play the bowl, the singing bowl. But I don't really play it. I just kind of hit to the side of it Mm -hmm. because this isn't the proper mallet. But I'm going to do that. And then when you're ready, we'll let you read your card to the listeners. Wonderful. Do you want to read it to the listeners or explain it? Sure. Uh, This is the Spend the Day with God. Well, isn't that one perfect? (laughs) With the God, the goddess. Uh, So today's lesson, so this is the back of the card here. This is a day for you to spend with God. A day of prayer, a day of silence. Imagine that your entire world is a sacred chapel. Every inch of your life is filled with grace and the presence of the divine. Your goal, to visualize yourself in the company of heaven every minute of the day. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is really, really lovely. Humor is always important right and you know if we can teach something with humor it goes down really easy yes and so I always like the word presence you know filled with the grace and the presence of the divine (laughs) imagine you know everything is present uh, with an unknown something you know glittering and wonderful inside and the present as well is what we were speaking about earlier uh, with the breath. And I, I think that's the breath is something that we've discovered with our groups uh, that is sacred to all of us, is really the divine, is this mysterious life force that comes into us and out of us. And the prayer and a day of silence, I guess. Silence um, is something that the word behold or beholding or beholden a very special word and if we remember the word icon and a little bit of homework i'll leave you with is to look into the nature of an icon okay and the beholdment or to behold the power of beholding in the silence of the heart. Okay. I, I leave, leave you with that. Oh my gosh, it has been such a pleasure having you in the office today and being able to spend time with you. And like I said before, I've really wanted to spend time with you for a really long time now, and now I know why. <laughs> You're just quite a special person. So I thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. I know that you squeezed it into your busy, crazy schedule, really helping not only, you know, our live audience, but also our listeners to get one step closer to their highest alignment within their selves, their mental, physical, spiritual bodies, and 
to you, the listeners, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. I want you to have a magical, wonderful day, and let's try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by the office dog, Riley Guru.